When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the People's Bishop and Pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 877-552-4746. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in the app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now, here's today's life-giving message. Come on, lift your Bibles. Let's make our confession of faith together. Let's go. I am blessed because the life-giving message I'm about to hear will change what I do. In Jesus' name, amen. So God, we are open and we are ready. Speak to us right now. We clear the atmosphere in the building and online, meaning there's nothing impeding, there's nothing hindering, there's nothing blocking, there's nothing stopping the flow of the Spirit. And for this, we say thank you right now. In the name of Jesus, God, have your way. God, move by your Spirit. Somebody say, we're open. And we're ready. Say we're open. And we're ready. Say get the glory. Say get the glory. Come on, I just need about 30 of y'all to go radical with me for a moment. I just need about 30 of y'all to stir the water with me for just a moment. What's the water represent? Stir the spirit of God in the building and online. Because it's going to be somebody's breakthrough day. It's going to be somebody's transformation day. It's going to be the day where the light clicks for somebody today. Come on, just 15 more seconds. Go, go, go. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 Grab a seat. Let's go to work. So our series is called Making Money Moves. Why? Wow, you ain't got to dance no more. You make money moves. Listen, why are we talking about money in church? Because for some people, talking about money in church is taboo. It's almost like talking about sex in church. We should talk about sex in church too. In fact, I've done several series about sex in church. Think about it. There's nothing that you should ever deal with in life that you cannot talk about in church because everything that you deal with in life is found in the word. Pay attention. There's no situation you're going to face in your life where the word of God has not already addressed it and not already given you clear instructions on how to deal with it. We talk about money in church because faith and finances are not enemies matter of fact your finances are going to do better because of your faith 
I wish I had somebody in this building and somebody online realize our God is a good businessman. He doesn't lose on his investments. There's over 2,300 Bible verses about money. Over 15% of Jesus' words were about money. That's more than prayer, faith, heaven, and hell combined. Say the Bible says a lot about money. On Wednesday, I gave you four important money moves to make right now. Here was the first money move. Number one, accept that God wants you to be profitable. Say, God wants me profitable. Profitable is different than just generating revenue. See, revenue is what comes in. Expenses are what goes out. Profitability is what you have left over. The Bible says in John uh, 3 John 1, 2, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper. That means have success in business and finances and be profitable. Which means God says, I don't just want you to have a lot coming in and you got more going out. I want you to have something left over. Would you help somebody next to you and say, he wants you profitable, profitable. Uh-uh, that's the wrong neighbor. Pick another one for the rest of church. Elbow somebody else. Say, he wants you profitable. Because when you say that, they ought to respond with some type of excitement. You've been around enough wet wood. I need you around some people that are on fire. I, somebody say, I'm profitable. I, baby, that means I got more than enough left over. I, I, I am not in lack. I am not in drought. I have more than enough left over. And watch me. What's amazing about profit is you can have less revenue, but also reduce your expenses, which means you're more profitable. See, for some of you, God lets you go through what you thought was a valley to teach you how to be profitable because he got more done with less. He got more done with less. Say, he wants me profitable. It says this, I pray that you may prosper. That has, means to have success in business and finances. Here's not what that means directly. It does not mean you will necessarily have a business. It just means that your business will be profitable. It means I can't have you running your life out of your purse. I can't have you running your life on the back of a napkin. No, I need you to do so well that you need a team of people to come in and see what you've done. Jesus' ministry did so well, he employed a full-time chief financial officer, Judas. Judas' main job was to count Jesus' money. So for everybody that says Jesus was walking around broke, busted, and disgusted, you will lie, and the devil is too, because you do not have a CFO to count pennies. I wish you'd look at somebody and say, you're going to need help counting what you're getting. You. Wrong neighbor, pick another one. So you're going to need help counting. You, you. And here's why you can rejoice, because the money ain't for you. You're blessed to be a blessing. See, I don't want you to rejoice if you're going to be selfish. But for those of us that realize I'm blessed to be a blessing, I can shout off of that. It means to be profitable in business, watch me, and finances. To have success there, be profitable. You have more left over than what you put out. Listen, your days of paycheck to paycheck, if that's where you've been, that's over. For some of you, you've not been there. You just wish you had more to do more. I'm going to tell you, he gives seed to the sower. For some of you, you've been handling where you've at been well. So I came to serve you with an announcement. God says, upgrade. You can look at me like that if you want to. Or you can realize the word of God says in 1 Samuel 3, 19, that the Lord was with the man of God and did not let one of his words fall to the ground. So I'll say it again. For some of you, you've handled where you've been so well that God's response to you is upgrade. I pray that you would prosper and watch me in all things and be in health. Say health. Health. 
Now, this is important because it's not enough to just get excited about prosperity. And let's be clear. Please listen to me. Prosperity is not just cash, cars, and clothes. Prosperity, literally, in the Bible is that Hebrew word shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well. You can have cash and still lack. You can have cars and still lack. You can have clothes and still lack. Prove of that as you look at people who have made billions of dollars. Watch me. And their relationships fall apart. I'm not judging anybody. What am I saying? Is that money can't buy you love. Let's talk. This is why God doesn't just give his people money. He gives us favor too. See, favor gives you what money can't do. See, money will buy you a doctor. Favor will get you help. Money will buy you a lawyer. Favor will get you justice. Money will... I wish there was somebody in this building that knew something about favor. You, you didn't have as much money as your enemy, but you still won anyhow because he'll give you... I need you to open your mouth. Hello, favor. I, that's the way I live, man. I, yeah, yeah. I, I got favor. See, you may have, it must be, you may have stacks, but I got racks. I got favor. I, listen, he says, in all things and be in hell. This means, watch me, you need to be healthy. Everybody pay attention. I'm going to move past this because when I talk about this in church, y'all get quiet and I don't need you to get quiet. I don't need you shout favor. No, all right, Bishop, I got to catch my breath. I need you healthy and healed. Speak this over your life. Say your first and last name. Say you're healthy and you're healed. Bishop, why do you have us talk so much in church? Life and death are in the power of your tongue. If you don't say it, you're never going to see it. You didn't come here. You didn't log on just to be silent and watch me. This ain't no show. You came so that the living, life-giving message can come speak life into your life. That's why I don't call them sermons. I call them life-giving messages. Why? Because every area you need life spoken to, God's about to Say your first and your last name. Say I'm healthy and I'm healed. See, healthy means I'll live in such a way that I don't need to be healed. But healed means that any area that's already got an issue, he's a healer. And the Bible says with his stripes, I am healed. I need some of you to recognize the doctor's report is about to turn. I rebuke diabetes, I rebuke cancer, I rebuke every sickness of the lungs, every sickness of the reproductive system. I declare some miracles are about to hit your house. If you need a miracle in your body, I'll know by your praise. Go. Come on Facebook. Come on YouTube. Come on Twitter video. Say he's still a healer. And for those of you that doubt it, I encourage you to just go read the Change Lines blog for yourself. But watch me. For some of you like, but Bishop, he didn't lay hands on me. Bishop didn't lay hands on me. Can I tell you something? But please understand, uh, there, there are certain things. Watch me. The Bible says that 10 lepers came to Jesus and they said, uh, 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 son of David, have mercy on us. Heal us. And the Bible says that he sent them away. Pay attention. He did not touch them. He sent them. Pay attention. He said, go show yourself to the priest. In other words, go to church. He says, and as you go to church, the Bible says, as they went, they were healed. Which means there's some stuff I didn't need a touch for. I got a word for. There's some stuff I didn't need the hands laid on me. I got a word for. And I release healing at this 11, 15. So he's a healer. And as they kept going. As they went, they started looking and said, wait a minute, I don't have the same issue I had. As they kept going, wait a minute, I don't have that same breathing problem I had. As they kept doing, your elbow somebody next to you said, as you went, I said it like that on purpose. Because there's some healing that happens as a process. 
Matter of fact, I just heard somebody's doubt pop up. I prayed for it before it ain't nothing happened. Uh-uh. As they went, which means God says, you're going to have to learn how to be consistent. And every Sunday and every Wednesday, you log on. Every Sunday, every Wednesday, you walk in this building. And then all of a sudden, you're going to go to the doctor for your physical. And they're going to say, well, we saw this last time. We're running some old tests. Why? Is something wrong? Ain't nothing wrong. We just can't find it. I... If you don't open your mouth, say he's a healer. I refuse not to preach it just because there may be a little doubt in the room. Matter of fact, I curse the doubt in the room. I curse the doubt online. What do you mean you curse it? I empower doubt to fail. I empower doubt to die. I need every believer that knows he's still a healer to lift your hands, open your mouth, and worship for five seconds. Go. Come on, Facebook. Four. Come on, YouTube. Three. Two. One, say he's still a healer. So you're healthy and you're healed. I began confessing, God, I want to be in the best shape of my life. I said, God, I want to be healthier. I want to be in the best health of my life. I began confessing it and then I began taking the steps to walk that thing out. To, to, to where I am the healthiest I have ever been. I need you to elbow somebody say you're healthy and healed. Tell them. And if they had a little stinking attitude, bump them for the rest of church. Elbow somebody else and say you're healthy and you're healed. And by bump, I mean love them in the name of the Lord. You ain't dying in no diabetes. I you ain't dying from no coronavirus. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. If you consider that almost 700,000 people in this country alone have lost their lives, here's why I need you to rejoice. If God kept you alive, you have a pulse, which means he still has a plan. Watch me, which means if the pandemic couldn't kill you, I ain't scared of nothing. I wish I had somebody in this building. Open your mouth, say, I ain't scared of nothing now. Say, I just beat a pandemic. You ain't walking around with fear. You ain't walking around scared. You ain't walking around talking about what if this, what if that, what if this. If God be for me, who? Let's go hood for a moment. Shout, I ain't never scared. Let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> Equal to, just as. He says, beloved, I pray that you prosper and be in health just as. This makes this verse a mathematical equation equal to how your soul prospers. So we've been teaching you a lot. Watch me about your soul prospering because it's not enough just for you to have stuff and not have your soul prosper. What profit a man to gain the whole wide world and lose his soul? See, this is the reason why you see people with stuff and still commit suicide because stuff cannot fix your soul. Watch me, watch me. A relationship's not gonna fix your soul. I need some of y'all to stop being so thirsty. Come on. It's not gonna fix what's going on with you. And you do not wanna be a statistic getting married just trying to keep up with somebody to only be a statistic getting divorced because you thought another person could fix your soul. There's only one that can fix and complete your soul. He's got a name and his name is Sheep. 
And I'm talking to the fellas too. Let's go. Let's go. So here's the second, the second move I gave you. Live as a sower, not from scarcity. Say, I'm a sower. Galatians 6, 7. God, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. Pay attention to the word that, which means you're only going to reap after the seed kind of what you have sown. See, watch me. You don't get to sow one thing and reap something else. See, for some of you, watch me. The reason you can't rebuke certain things that are happening in your life is because they're harvests. So you gossiped about a lot of people and so now you're reaping it and you're like, Lord, why won't you shut these voices? He says, well, baby, this is what you sow, so that's what you're going to reap. For some of you, you're difficult to deal with. So now everybody around you is difficult to deal with because you can only reap what you've sown. Here's what I like. If I want to change what I see, then I can change what I sow. Which means I'm never stuck. Mm -mm, I ain't never stuck in any situation in life. Why? Baby, I can change my seed. And if I change my seed, I can change my harvest. Would you elbow somebody say, I rebuke you feeling stuck? Say, you are not stuck because you can change your seed. Stop talking about I feel lonely. You can sow some friendliness. Stop talking about I feel stuck. You can sow helping somebody else. Stop. He says, that will he also reap. God is not mine. So you have to live as a sower and not from scarcity. Scarcity says, if I sow, it's gone. But here's how God works. Whatever you want, you already have. You just have to release it. Whatever you want, you already have. You just have to release it. See, there's nothing that you want that you don't currently have. All you have to do is release it. Here's the problem. The problem is, demand my seat. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Is that with your seed, gracias. Here's the problem. Is that with your seed... Ask me, pay attention, that with your seed, you, you are so used to the, the culture and the generation and the time we live in where I don't want no seed. Let me get that fruit. But, but this is not what the Bible says. The Bible says God is not mocked. For whatever a man has, that's what he's going to have. God is not mocked. For whatever a man, for whatever his fruit is, that's what his fruit is. It is what it is. No. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. It says, God is not mocked for whatsoever a man sows. Here's a scarcity mentality. If I sow it, it's gone. No, it ain't gone. It left my life. Watch me. It left my hand, not my life. I released it so that it could go grow and become something bigger and better than what was in my hand. Which means if you hold on to your seed, that's all it's ever going to be. But when you learn how to release your seed and allow your seed to grow, your seed, watch me, it went from something I held in my hand to now it's something that I can walk on. What if I told you you're about to build a life? This is all you started with. You started at the bottom. But he's about to take your seed and give you something to walk home. And somebody ask you, where you living, baby? Baby, I'm living on green. Uh, baby, where you living? I'm living on green. Everywhere I look, it looks good to me. Elbow somebody say, I'm living on green. Here's the third thing that I told you to do. Put away childish things. The Apostle Paul says, when I was a child, I spoke like one. I understood like one. I thought like one. Three things. I spoke, understood, and thought. Say spoke. Understood. Understood. Thought. He says, but when I became a man, pay attention. Becoming a man there doesn't mean that he became 18. It doesn't mean that he got his first shaving kit. It meant that he, watch me, he decided to mature. Which means being a male is by birth, being a man is by choice. 
Being a female is by birth. Being a lady is by choice. Come on. And you sit next to one that does it the best. I, I wish you'd look over and encourage somebody next to you and say, don't nobody do it how you do it. Come on. Come on, 11.15. Encourage somebody. Don't nobody do how you do when you do what you do because you do it so well. I, you ain't no average thirsty one round running around here. Baby, you look like a king. You look like a queen. You... Ain't nobody do it like you do it. He says, I chose to mature. He says, I chose to grow up. Everybody look at me. There's some things we pray away. There's other things we put away. Like some of y'all, watch me, you too grown to wear that attitude. You too grown for it. Y'all pray for me. Ain't nobody praying for you. Grow up, girl. Y'all let go say. That's just the way I am. Pray for me, Bishop. I ain't praying for you, sir. Grow up. There's some things you pray away. There's some things you put away. Most things you put away because they're choices. I got my power wheel. And watch me. I used to, as a kid, I used, listen, it's so funny because as a kid, I still remember as a kid um, that uh, me and a relative of mine, she had a power wheel and, and I didn't have no power wheel and she wouldn't share her power wheel. Now I can buy all the power wheels I want now. In fact, I may tell you, I'm petty. I may drive this past her house today and honk from outside. Be like, who got the power wheel now? Spirit should have been in church. Listen. <laughs> Look, I got my power wheel. I got my power wheel. Now watch. Now watch. Now, if I was a little kid, you, you'd be like, oh, okay, oh, that's cute. If you drove past my parking spot at the church, look, and this, look, and they got, look, here, come stand next to it. Come stand next to it. And look, if you drove past my parking lot at the church, come on, come on, come on now. They ain't want nobody to mess with my power wheel. And in my parking spot, they posted up God in the, the you'd be like, so he could cast out devils, but he drove a power wheel. I... Watch me. Watch me. Here, you go and get on it. Don't tear it up. You ready? Okay, now I need you to be able to get up now. Oh, get Jesus. See, there's some stuff, watch me, it don't fit you no more. I need you to elbow somebody and say, I'm growing up now. I say, I'm maturing now. It's some stuff that don't even fit me no more. I ain't going to be able to do that. So, so there's certain things. There's certain things we pray away. There's other things we put away. If you saw me and this was in my spot, I'm like, hey, shalom, shalom. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right, come on. All right, all right. All right, got my backpack and stuff on. All that. I'm a whole crone man on a power wheel look getting mad at you move this is how some of y'all act because you get mad at people who don't respect your childish behavior you get mad at people when they won't play into your little attitude you get mad at people but I need you to elbow somebody and say that's some stuff I put away I I ain't going to be able to do that no more. No, that was last year. You should have caught me in 5781. But in 5782, I 
I decided to mature. I don't talk like that. I don't act like that. I don't think like that anymore. So even in your finances, watch me, pay attention. Even in your finances, I give you three areas that, that, that you have to not be childish in. So one, automate things. Like don't be childish when it comes to your bills. Talking about, I think that comes out on the, the shoot, I don't know. And then you getting surprised when you check your account. Come on, y'all, don't do me like that. Be like, what, that came out? See, and then you get on the phone, giving them customer service people hell. <laughs> to only get to the end and be like, oh, okay. Yeah, it has been on the 12th for the last 38 years. Yes. All right. Automate it. Use, use systems to help you. Be behaving a budget. A budget is not a dirty word. A budget is not a bad thing. What is a budget? It just says, this is the amount I'm going to spend in this area. These are principles I taught about in the book. Let me just full disclosure. 100% of my book sales go back to the church. I made that decision at the beginning of Harvest. Any book I write, 100% of it come to church. So when I say that, don't think he's trying to sell a book. I ain't trying to sell nothing. <clears throat> and number three, credit is key or credit is king, which means I don't need you just shouting in church and then listen, and then you go into the dealership and they tell me, yeah, you're going to need a miracle, Jesus. Can you get your bishop on the phone now? Listen, you going to the dealership doing prayer time so we can start praying for miracles. And you giving the phone to the finance manager. Here, get here, just in Jesus' name. Miracles. I need your credit to be together. And I just gave you three examples of that because it's childish. Watch me for you to be grown and have, watch me mismanage credit. And let's just be honest. This is not to beat you up or beat you down. It's just that I need your credit to match your future. And your future looks amazing. So I need your credit to look that way too. I need you to walk in and they escort you to the private member section. Come on. I need you not to go to the regular branch. I need you to go to the branch in Cherry Creek. Who am I talking to? I need, I need you to go to the private client division. I need you to be in there where they say, oh no, you come over here. You don't stand in lines over here. Why? You're blessed to be a blessing. And here's the fourth money move that I gave you. The fourth money move I gave you was this, was be a faithful giver. Listen, guys, we can shout about all of the great things that the word of God promises. But if you're not a faithful giver, I just need to be honest, none of it applies to you. None of it applies to you. I mean, it just does not apply to you. That's like me getting excited over a hair commercial. I could be like, oh my God, come on and look at how it curled and look at that. I used to want to curl so bad when I was a little boy. Don't judge me. It's a lot of judgment in this room. See, I just, wow. Wow. I used to want that curl so bad. And so my friend, his hair could curl. And so, but he used a texturizer. And so he used, he used S-curl and then, and then that other one. That didn't do nothing for me. The Lord says, I don't want you in circles and cycles. I want you, <laughs> I want you moving forward. Listen. So I just cut it off. I, if you're not a faithful giver, none of this stuff applies to you. So you need to start doing it today. Malachi chapter 3 verse 8. This is what the Lord says. Will a man rob God? This is God asking the question. He says, will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. This is a direct indictment. 
So for those who think, well, it ain't about what I give, it's about what's in my heart. No, it's about what you give, because what you give proves what's in your heart. There's a day when the people were giving, and, the G- and Jesus was watching, and he saw that a widow woman had gave two mites, which is the equivalent of a half a penny. Jesus was watching during the offering, which means when offering time happens, literally heaven turns his attention because he says, I gave seed to the sower. Now let's see if they're going to sow or they're going to eat it. Are they going to sow or go buy some shoes? Are they going to sow or are they going to go try to impress somebody? I need you to open your mouth and say, I am a sower. He says, will a man rob God, yet you are robbing me, but you say, in what way have we robbed you? So God is like, oh, let me tell you. And your tithes, pay attention, and offerings that you have withheld. It's not that you didn't have it, you just didn't sow it. And I want you to pay attention. It's not just in your tithes, because some of you tithe and like, yep, I ain't a God robber. Yes, you are, because that's all you do is tithe. The Bible says in tithes, come on, and well, my offering is everything I give above my time. See, check this out. God is like, listen, I am into you, but I need to know you are into me. And where your money flows, tell me where your mind tells me where your mind goes. So this is the method of exchange that I have uh, uh, come up with, so that I get to know where you're at all the time. And I need you to hear me for what you want to see God do in your future. Listen, don't fight with God over no money. You really finna fight about a thousand dollar offering and you about to be doing seven figure? You really about to fight over some money? No, I ain't doing God like that. Why? Because if he doesn't do anything else, he's already been good to me. I just need to check the building and check online. Is there anybody that can testify he's been good? Already. If you got a testimony, just throw your hand and wave it in the air one time. So today's message is this. Live on green. Why? Because where you live from determines how you live. We're good. Where you live from determines how you live. 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 Here's what I've discovered. Is most people, listen. Okay, I'm going to just be honest. At the 915, I said it, but... Certain drivers. Denver drivers, not you, but people you know. This is where they live. They live right here. They live on the red light, which means everything is, oh, I just don't know. Oh, well, I'm not sure. Ask me. They drive like scared of the red. Then there's other people, watch me, when you drive scared of the red, you live in anticipation for something blocking or stopping. But when you drive on green, you're like, listen, look, if the light is in the midst of turning while I'm at the light, I'm going, do. See, I'm just aggressive that way. Like, I am aggressive. Everything about me is aggressive. If I'm going, if I don't know where I'm going, I'm driving there aggressively. Somebody said, where are we going? I don't know. But wherever we're going, we're going to get there fast. We're going to get there aggressively. Now, I'm not knocking other people who watch me, who have nowhere to go. Watch me. I just have to train myself that life will not wait on me. And so watch me. Say, I live on green. But here's what I've discovered. Most Christians don't live there. Most Christians live on red. Well, you know, I don't know. I'm just praying about it. Sometimes what you call prayer is nothing more than, watch me, than open rebellion. 
What do you mean by open rebellion? You're, you're, you're praying about stuff that has already been made clear. Well, I'm just praying about whether or not I should invite this person to church. Are you kidding me? The Bible says, go ye into all the world and, and watch me and preach the gospel. Scripture says, go compel them to come down by my house may be filled. For you to pray about it, watch me, and put yourself on a red light means that you're living in rebellion. Stay on red. It means that you're living in rebellion. So man, I'm just praying about whether or not I should forgive them. Now, what, you don't pray about that. You better forgive them. Why? You don't have time to stay stuck in your past. Forgiveness isn't for them. Forgiveness is for you. Can I be honest with you? Most of the people you're going to have to forgive never even think they did anything wrong to you in the... And I need you to learn how to how to forgive, watch me, without an apology. I need to check this building and check online. Who can thank God, watch me, that you're going to forgive even though they have not apologized? I, I'm not staying stuck. I'm not waiting on you to get it together. I'm not waiting on you to catch a clue. Say, say I refuse to live on red. Peter, get out of the boat. Walk on water. Well, I'm, I'm scared to get out of the boat. Okay, okay. All right. You know what's amazing to me? Is that many people are scared to die but afraid to live. Because everything is red. And then let me, for those of you who've been saved for a while, I'm coming for you right now. This is, a, this is rebuke. For those of you old school church where you, you preachers used to rebuke, this is rebuke. You have learned how to spiritualize you turning stuff red. I'm waiting on the timing of God. God is very clear. Now is the time. See, watch me. It's a green light by default unless he gives you a red light. But most Christians, you live on the red light. Everything is red light. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just seeking the Lord. About what? You've been seeking for 15 years and still ain't done nothing. Elbow somebody next to you say, get off your blessed assurance. I'm trying to figure out where I should serve. It ain't that many doggone options. Serve somewhere. It ain't like it's a paint department, a, a, a black wall department, a bottom of the microphone department, a money bag making department. It ain't that many options. You have spiritualized your red light. You spiritualize your red light. And so here's what you do. Ready! Aim! You did that for your 20s. Your 30s. Your 40s. Your 50s. When you gonna fire? You be, do you think David took Goliath down because of how good his aim was? Or because he lived on green and said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that dared defy the armies of the living God? My aim may not be perfect, but God will take what I release and he'll make it work. Help somebody next to you and say, live on green. You are waiting for perfect timing for everything. Just waiting on the timing of God. I'm going to come for you too. Just waiting on the timing of God. Got to be strategic with God. <laughs> I was going to say something, but I'm not going to do it. No. 
I ain't gonna do it. I ain't gonna do it. I ain't gonna do it. You, 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 you. Seeking God for timing. It's, it's taken him that long to answer. He doesn't repeat himself when the last directive stands. That's why the psalmist says, God has spoken once and twice that I hear it. In other words, God, God's like, I'm not going to keep repeating myself. You ain't getting no new instructions until you do the last one. So watch me. Some of y'all right now, you're like, Bishop, I just don't know what to do. Because you don't do nothing. But today, I came for everybody under the sound of my voice. With the last instruction you do have. With the last directive you do have. You are about to live on. This ain't for all of us, but watch me. It's certainly for me. If you're living on green from this day forward, I just need you to hop up out of your seat in this building and online and give God five seconds of worship. Go. Living on green. I ain't scared. I'm not scared. I'm living on green. Why? Now is the time for the saints of the most high God to rise up and possess the kingdom. You weren't built just to pay bills and die. You were sent to rule and to reign and to conquer and subdue. Say, I live on green. Watch me, Psalm 23, 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. Now, now this is important. Why do you have everything you need? Because you are a farmer. I taught you this. I had to throw this in this message. Genesis 2.15. The Lord God took the man, put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. Eden means land of voluptuous living. God says, I put you in a place for you to have a voluptuous life. Do you understand what voluptuous means? Everything is good. There's more than enough. And voluptuous means, and there's overflow. I like, stop, listen, okay. Don't do that, don't do that. Don't do that. Say, I have everything I need. Because I'm a farmer. See, watch me. Here, here's how I need you to change your mind. See, when you live on green, you never think, oh my God, my life is over. Oh my God, it's so bad. Mm -mm. Whatever I want, I can release it. See, because my release, watch me, from my release comes my increase. So where did God put the first man, Adam? Where did he put him? A garden of a great life. That's where he put him. He didn't put him in the garden of evil. He put him in the garden of Eden. He said, watch me, your life is so good. Listen, I'm going to use the word voluptuous to describe it. All right, listen, since y'all want to act like that, come on, Liberty. Fellas, talk to me. Fellas, holler back. Fellas, have you ever seen Eden walk by? Yanda Baroshe. Yanda Baha. Fellas, do not come in church and act like all of a sudden you ain't never looked. Nah, Bishop, I just pray all day. You a whole lie. For my married men, that's how you got her. You you saw Eden walk by and say, wait a minute. Can we talk? For a minute. Girl, I want to know. And some of y'all were scared, so you hit up the DMs. Listen. 
So pay attention. <laughs> you saw Eden walking by. You followed Eden. Why y'all being so religious right now? Thank you for the honest brothers in the building. You didn't say, ooh, look at her spirit. It's Shanda. Ooh, ooh. You said, look at that body. Yada, yada, yada. Listen! I'm just saying. You're talking about, oh no, I went into prayer. You are a whole lie. Just stop it. Stop. You can get healed if you'll be real. Let's move. I got to go. So look, so you saw Eden walking by. And when you saw Eden walking by, watch me. You looked and followed. Where, where did God place Adam? He placed him in a place called look and follow. <laughs> I, I put you in a garden of voluptuous living, which means everywhere you look, if you'll keep following me, it's going to get better and better and better and better and better. Matter of fact, every time you turn around, it's going to be. So look at this. To do what? To work the garden and to keep it. So work it and keep it means these three things. It means release, then reap and repeat. Release, reap and repeat. So what did he do? He released seed. He released seed. And then what happened? Then he reaped harvest. Then when he reaped harvest, what did he need to do? He needed to reap and repeat. So pay attention. If you look at this apple, for example, in this apple, if, if the first fruit, if it's a first fruit, and I've taught you what that is, if it's a first fruit, he would sow the whole apple. Well, what's in the apple? The seed. So what are we going to get more of? Apples. But watch me. But if he tithed and took a tenth out of it, watch me. What is it going to reveal? The seeds. What did he sow? The seeds. What did he do? He repeated. See, for most of you, you get excited about your harvest. You be like, here you go. And God is like, I'm going to need you to release that. Because if this was this harvest, that means now this becomes seed. Uh-uh. I need you to be excited. Why? Because God says, the bigger the seed I can trust you with, the bigger the harvest I can trust you with. And this is bigger than money. For some of you all, you're about to sow yourself. I you're about to give yourself to God in a way you've never given him before. Oh, come on. Come on, say, I have everything I need. I'm a farmer who has everything I need. 2 Peter 1, 3, his divine power. Bishop, how do you know I got everything I need? I don't feel like I got everything I need. Because I can read. His divine power, pay attention, has given us. What is that? Past tense. Which means, watch me, he's not getting ready to give you anything. So when we say getting ready to happen, what we're talking about is you getting ready to release your seed. Because <laughs> he's not getting ready to release anything new. He's already given what you need, which is seed. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and knowledge. He says, I've given you everything you need to have a great life and be a great Christian. Everything you need. I say, everything I need, I have. I say, but it's in seed form. Genesis 129, and the Lord said, behold, I've given you every plant yielding seed. And what have I taught you? That everything is a seed. Your actions are seeds. 
Your thoughts are seed. Your behavior is seed. Your attitude is a seed. Your mentality is a seed. How you handle people is a seed. Look at somebody next to you. Say, be careful how you handle me. Say, you handle me right. I'll bring a harvest your way. Don't you be stepping over people on your way up thinking, I don't need them, I don't need them because the one you step on might be the one that's got the... Open your mouth and say, I carry the bag. I... Some people are going to be real upset for how they did you. They're going to be real upset for how they dropped you, how they treated you. And I don't need you to even look back. I just need you to realize, listen, watch me. You didn't see my value, but you didn't recognize I was in... I was in seed for if you would have just watered me I would have grown for you I... hey, let's go let's go look at verse 2 Psalm 23 2 this is the psalmist everybody likes Psalm 23 even if you're not a Christian you know Psalm 23 even if you got a kind of Medea it you know the Lord is my shepherd and Mary had a lamb whose fleece was white as snow roll 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 your boat Gently down the stream. Huh? You know. <laughs> now somebody like, that's not the verse. I know that's the joke. Okay? Hey, watch. Look at verse 2. Psalm 23, 2. He lets me rest. Watch me. Rest don't mean just chill out. Rest means that's where I sit. Where am I sitting there? Because that's where I ponder my next. I live from a place of green. I don't live from a place of red, which means, watch me, I'm not trying to say, well, how am I going to get that done? I'm here to say, watch me, he will give me the desires of my heart because I delight myself in the Lord, which means I sit and contemplate from green. I don't sit and contemplate from red. Then it means I live. Say live. He, he, listen, he lets me rest. I sit here, I contemplate here, and I live in fields of green grass. Somebody say, this is where I live. Uh-huh. Say, this is also where I sit. Uh-huh. Which means, watch me. See, where you live from determines how you live. See, if you don't live from here, pay attention, then everything you think will be self-deprecating, self-defeating thoughts. Nothing's working for me. Nothing's good for me. Or watch me. Or you'll get a glimpse of the future. And say, wait a minute, I'm a sower. So there's nothing I want that I cannot have. All I got to do is release and I'll see increase, which means, you know what I was plotting and planning? I was plotting and planning my next seed release. Why? Because I'm looking at my future and I know my future looks better than my right now. Would you elbow somebody next to you and say, I see you in your future and you look a whole lot better than you do right now. Say, you a sower, baby. You... You ain't never broke, you a sower. You ain't never down and out, you a sower. It ain't never over for you, you a sower. It's never the end of the road for you. Ah, you a sower. Y'all excuse me, I feel like growling and hollering today. Why? Because I'm excited about the future of our church. I'm excited about the future of your life. Say I'm a sower. Look at this. He makes me sit down. Watch me. Put the verse up. And live in fields, pay attention to this, of green grass. Which means everywhere I walk, the grass is green. It didn't say everybody's grass was green. 
It say, my grass is green. This is why when the pandemic began, I said, don't you start listening to that negativity. Uh-uh, because you're going to prosper in the midst of a pandemic. Our church has seen more new six-figure earners in the midst of a pandemic than we did before. Elbow somebody, please. Please elbow somebody next to you and just tell them, I live on green grass. I... Y'all excuse me, I feel like hollering just a little bit today. Look at this. Here's what this means. Say, I live on green. Look at the verse. It means my, here's what that phrase means in Hebrew language of the Old Testament. It means my habitat is pleasant. Uh Uh-oh. Which means some people, some people get ticked off that you ain't ticked off. My, watch me, my habitat is pleasant. Don't come in here with all that. Don't, look, 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 look. Some of y'all need to tell some people tomorrow on your job, don't come over here with all of that. This is green grass, and the green grass grows all around and around, and the green grass grows all around. Don't you come over here with your negativity, talking about what the news said, talking about what the president said, talking about what the Republican said, talking about what the Democrat I don't care what nobody got to say, but God, I... Some of you need to tell some of your family folks the same thing. Don't you come over with my pissing on my green grass. Excuse me. No, I meant exactly what I said. Just, when I said excuse me, I meant for not telling you what it means. It means urinating on the quality of your grass. See, just because your grass tore up don't mean you finna come over here and tear my Elbow somebody say, I'm not letting them do it no more. Some of you need to tell some of your friends, stay over there with your brown grass. Stay over there with your... Don't come over here. We don't have them little bags for you to pick up the stuff. You know them... uh... We don't have those. So that means you can't come over here. Say, I live on green. Look at this, I'm almost done. Look at this, look at this. My habitat is pleasant. My office is pleasant. My house is pleasant. My car rides are pleasant. <laughs> Come on, speak that. Say, my habitation is pleasant. Say, I speak pleasantries to my place of business, to my home, where I work. Don't come over here with your negativity. I don't want to hear that. There's pastors out there. Listen, I don't want to hear all of that because you're negative. Well, Bishop, you know, I don't want to hear all of that because that's not my experience. See, I understand that it's brown grass for you, but I choose not to live there. I live on green. He says, he lets me rest. This is where I sit. This is where I contemplate. This is where I live. In fields of green grass, my habitat is pleasant and is fresh with new grass springing forward. Ooh, this is good. Say fresh. fresh. Which means for some of you, I need you to be okay with a lot of new always happening. Look at me. 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 Please look at me. You have to give up control. Because when new grass springs forward, you, when you first look at it, you'll say, I need to cut it. 
Uh-uh, it's the answer to your prayer. New is the answer to your prayer. Don't be, watch me, it's just new people showing up. I'm surrounded by new people. That's the answer to your prayers. New, say new. Watch me, new and it springs forward. Then look at the last definition. It turns green, that's deep. It turns green, that's deep. He, he says, God says, whatever's not green, I'll turn it green. Because there's nothing about your life that should be on red. All of your life should be on green. And then look at this next part. And he leads me to quiet pools of fresh water. Water represents the spirit. Pay attention. So here's what he says. He says, listen, I'm going to let you refill. If you don't shout off of this, I promise I'm done. And and I'm going to go catch a plane to Atlanta and preach where they shout. He lets you refill in private. Didn't nobody see you behind the door? Didn't nobody see you crying? Didn't nobody see you wanting to give up? Didn't nobody see you saying, I can't take it, I can't make it? He led you by some cool, fresh water, a quiet pool. So when you come back out from behind, nobody knew you felt like throwing in the towel. Nobody knew you were about to give up. Somebody say, fresh water. Look at the verse. It says, quiet pools. For some of you be like, ain't my phone, ain't my phone is dry. That's a quiet pool. I don't have no emails. Uh, that's a quiet pool. My friend didn't call me back. That's a quiet pool. See, God is like, you better get charged up now because you got some fighting to do this week. So I need you to be strong. I came to tell somebody this whole church service today is a fresh pool of water for you. You better get strong today because you got some battles to win this. Shout fresh water. Look at this. Look, he'll turn it green. How does he turn it green? He keeps me green. I could throw this mic. How will I turn it green? To turn it green means I have to work it. Means I'm going to have to water it. But I can't water it if I'm tired. I can't pour. Watch me if I'm in pain. So what does he do? He says, I'm going to let you get strong in the quiet pool. And people be like, I ain't heard from you all day. I know. I'm having a drink from a quiet pool. I'm getting strengthened. I'm filling myself with as many messages as I can. I'm watching as many as many repeats of messages as I can. Why? Because in order for me to live on green, I got to be green. I got to stay green. I got to stay fresh. I got to stay strong. And so that when you pop up out, If you don't elbow somebody next to you and say, you got to stay green so that you can live on green. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? So watch me. So look at this. Proverbs 11, 25. And the soul who gives generously shall be made prosperous. And he who waters will himself be watered. So check out the principle. Check out the principle, please. Watch me. He says the soul who gives generously shall be made prosperous. Now, Now, shall be what? Made prosperous. 
Which means God says, I'm going to make it so that you prosper. Let me see if I can say it another way. You're not even going to be trying. You're not even going to be trying. But because the principle works, watch me, whether you're a believer or not a believer. Everybody pay attention. Don't let unbelievers prosper from a principle that believers won't use. Because the principle works no matter what. Somebody say, I will be made prosperous if I'll continue to water. Say, I live on green. All right, all right let's, let's just go back. Let's just go back. Real quick, let's go back to our stoplight, and then I got to get this last guy, and then we're out of here. I need you to shift from your default of being this. I need you to shift from your default of being this. I need you to shift from that. Say, I will not live on red. I will not live on red. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. I don't even believe you. Look at somebody else. Say, I will not live on red. Look at somebody else. Now this time, say it with a, with a teaspoon of hood. That's not, not a tablespoon, teaspoon. Just teaspoon. Teaspoon of South Memphis. Come on, you ready? Say, you will not live on red. So let me give you an example. Let me give you an example then I'm getting to this last guy. So Peter, hey Peter, hey Peter. So there's a storm going on, right? There's a storm going on, and with this storm that's going on, they see what looks like a ghost in the middle, and when they see this ghost that looks like a middle, in the middle, he's like, do not be afraid, it is I. <laughs> do, do, do not be afraid, it is I. Do not be afraid. Now this is crazy. Now see, hold up, I'm gonna interrupt my whole message. Now see, I ain't been talking to Siri the whole doggone message, and it didn't open up a whole song or just playing a whole song on my laptop. Live on red, Siri. I ain't talking to you right now. Back to my regular scheduled message. So Peter. So Peter says something brave. You ready? He really said it from like a yellow light place. He was like, the light was like yellow. He was like, Lord, if it's you. He's like, I got you now. Bid me come. Jesus responds with a green light. Come on. (laughs) See, some of y'all, you didn't think he'd actually give you the opportunity. You didn't think you'd actually be standing at the gate of what you prayed for. You didn't think you'd be ready to finally do it because you thought you were always going to be on delay. But I need you to prophesy out to yourself, say it's getting ready to happen. So this is like, shaman. So the light is green, leave it green. So the light is green. He's like, shaman. So, so, so imagine what happens. I got a green light. The promises of God are yes and amen. If you have our app, I sent you that scripture out yesterday. It's always green unless God gives a no and knows are only for direction, uh, for protection and redirection. Other than that, the light's green. So pay attention. You with me? So Peter's like, ah, red light. Because, so get out of the boat. Oh, I'm used to swimming. 
So I'm going to get out of this boat. Now think about it. He got the guy, I wouldn't get out this boat. You need this job with these benefits. I wouldn't do that. Why are you doing that? That's risky. Why are you trying that? That's too much. You trying to do that during the pandemic? Just wait to see where everything going to settle. That's too much to be doing right now. Just chill out. Why are you so aggressive? Because I don't live here. So he got the people on the boat talking. Then watch me. The Bible says that the wind was boisterous. I've taught you that that literally, watch me, in Greek it means the wind was whispering. So I got what's behind me talking trash. I got what I'm going into talking trash too. I got trash talk all around me. So he puts one foot out and he's like, oh my God. I don't know what I'm finna do. So I see, that's me. Then he puts the other foot out the boat. And then he's like, uh-oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute, hold up. I ain't sinking. Then he steps. And then he steps. And then he takes another step. Then he takes another step. And he's walking towards Jesus. The Lord is my shepherd. Where's my shepherd? On green grass. Where does he lead me to? On green grass. But in the moment of him walking, stop. What ends up happening? The Bible says, and he looks around. And when he looks around, all of a sudden, it's red. And you know what the Bible says? He began to sink. I have a question. How do you begin to sink? Anybody ever been on a pool where you began to sink? I began to gently go down into the water because he didn't begin to sink. Everybody pay attention. That phrase begin to sink meant that he dived into the water himself. You missed it. He self-dove, self-defeated because in the middle of a green light, because he didn't live on green, he shifted to his default, which was red. And for some of y'all, you're like, I started and it started getting bad. What if I told you it wasn't God, that was you? Because you went back to your default way of thinking. All you needed to do was keep on walking. Somebody say, I live on green. So there's a man, let's talk about him real fast, and then we're out of here. Genesis chapter 26, verse 1. His name is Isaac, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Abraham. All right, so now there was a famine in the land. There was uncertainty in the land. Let me say it another way. There was variants of the virus in the land. There was a pandemic in the land. Uncertainty. The land wasn't green, but Isaac lived on green. And look at what happens. Besides the former famine that, they, that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Gerar to Abimelech to the king of Phil the Philistines. Verse 4. And verse 4, the Lord makes this promise to him. I just want you to see the last part. And in your offspring, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. In a famine, God fulfills a promise. Pay attention to me. God is not going to fulfill it, watch me, when everything's great for everybody. He's going to fulfill it when the grass is brown for everybody else. But we don't live there. We live on green. Matter of fact, I ain't even coming over there because it don't look safe. So I say, I live on green. So go with me. Stay with the verse. We're good. Stay with the verse. So pay attention. Look at this. He says, verse 6. So Isaac settled there in Gerar. Gerar means a place of lodging or layover, which means 
the Lord says, I want to use temporary places to give you permanent harvest. Okay. I ain't playing with y'all. I'm talking over here. Come on. Come on. God says, I know that's not your final destination, but I'm about to hook you up while you're there. I thought y'all had to praise. Let me come over here. What you studied for. I know that's not really what your call is, but while you're on your way to your call, I'm about to load you with benefits on your way there. Say, say he's gonna load me up at a layover. Whoa. He's gonna load you up at a layover. So the Bible says. That Isaac settled there. He eased himself. He established himself. Well, watch me. He failed there. He sat down there. Uh oh, connect the dots. And the Lord, He leads me to green pastures. I sit there, I live there. Look at this last thing. I'm gonna deal with this word haunt. And that's deep. So, so Isaac. Watch me, was haunted in Gerar. In other words, just Isaac, I want to deal with some of the unresolved issues that have been haunting you. I want to deal with those during your layover so that when you get to your destination, you don't have to check into the lodging place first. You're not understanding what I'm saying. See, there's some stuff you're like, well, 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 I'll deal with that later. And God's like, no, we're going to deal with that now. Because you're not taking that with you until next. And I'm so glad he let the plane circle around so that you can lay off some of your luggage. And lay aside some of your weight where you are at. Because you're not taking that with you. Somebody said, you're not taking it with you. He says... And Isaac sowed in that land. What land? Gerar. What does that mean? This layover stage of life. See, here's what many people do because you live on red light. You live on red light. So because you live on red light, you're like, God, as soon as you make me a millionaire, I'm going to be the number one giver. God says, no. While you at a layover at Thousand Dare Land... I'm going to need you to shift to green... And I'm going to need you to come up off that green. God, 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 as soon as I complete the degree, I'm going to serve. God says, because you have a red light mentality. God says, okay, so what's going to be different between now and then except Modette? <laughs> I need you to do it now. Do it during your layover. Do it during your lodging stage of life. See, but when you live on red, you're waiting for the layover to become a final destination. Not realizing he wants to load you up at the layover. Mm -mm. See, while I'm at my layover, he's making sure that he loads me up while I'm at go to green, while I'm at my layover. See. You keep thinking, as soon as the pandemic is over, God said, no, I'm going to hook you up while the pandemic, you're about to be number one in your company during the, I'm about to load you up while you're in the midst of the pandemic. 
What's the shofar? I'm calling order to every area of your life where there's been disorder. Somebody say, he's loading me up. He, yeah, I'm taking good care of you right where you're at. I, I'm making sure you don't lack anything. And I'm going to do it right here. Uh-oh. I'm going to make you have such a flow that even the wind's going to blow in your tongue. Somebody say, he's loading me up. Add a layover. So look at me. Look at me. Look at me. And he sold in that land. Uncertain. Pandemic. Delta, Alpha, Theta, Sigma. <laughs> and I'm not minimizing people's experiences. But what I'm saying is, you're alive though. So why are you living like you died? You're breathing though. There are people who wish they had another chance to be on green. And for those of us that are not going to mess up the other green chance we've been given, I just need you to take three seconds and worship God that he still got you on green. Ain't going to mess it up. Ain't going to mess it up. Ain't going to mess it up. He kept me alive for such a time as this. So he sold in that year. Watch me. In that land. And reaped what? In the same year, a hundredfold. Then the Lord blessed him. Shut up. I don't mean literally shut up. It means it's so good to me. So that means the reaping wasn't the blessing. The reaping was the natural response to sowing. This is why you even see people who don't believe in the Lord. Because they understand the principle. They release, which is why they see increase. Watch me. But what they don't get is the next part. And the Lord blessed them. Which means not only will I get harvest because I release seed. Remember, this is bigger than money. Say, but and he'll bless me. And look what happened in verse 13. And the man became rich. Shut up. How you become rich in a pandemic? How do you become rich in a famine? How are you becoming rich when everybody else's grass is green? Or excuse me, brown. But your grass is green. Because I live there. I live there. Somebody say, this is where I live. This is where I live. I live on green. There's so much depth to the, prompt, to the principle. Look at the screen. And the man became rich. And gain more until he became okay okay give me my notes right there give me that give me that just the notes my notes get color coded so they know what to put on the screen I just want you to see I just want you to see where you at this is the end of the message you ready you ready Y'all ready? Uh-huh. Verse 14. And he had possessions of flocks and herds and many servants. So the Philistines envied him. Now here's what I need you to see. It's so prophetic that even on the notes. It's so prophetic that even the notes got it down green. 
Pay attention. The Bible says that the Philistines envied him. So, if, and we'll look at this on Wednesday. They kept throwing dirt because he would dig these wells. And they kept throwing dirt. And then he'd do another well. He'd do well. See, see, listen. It don't matter what you do to me. It do, watch me. Everybody look at me. It don't matter who does not like you. Matter of fact, I need you to be grateful that some folk don't like you. Because if everybody likes you, the Bible says, woe to he whom everybody loves, everybody likes. Watch me. You need to be grateful that you got some haters. Why are they haters? Because their life is on. But your life is on. And I'm not switching for you. They trying to figure out how is it working for you. I live on green. How are you doing well? I live on green. How are you making it? I live on green. How are your children getting it together? We live on green. How is your marriage getting better? We live on green. How is your future getting better? We live on I need somebody in this building and online. Holla. I live on green. So here we go. So Isaac. Uh-oh. <laughs> Hold up. Come here. All right. Let's go. All right. No, no, no. I'm good. You come here. All right, look. So I've been in this little layover. But look at what I got, though. Thank you. <laughs> this ain't even my permanent vehicle. But he still made it green. He gave me some seed because he gives seed to the story. Everybody stand. We're done. Everybody stand. He made sure he, he loaded me up even at my place of layover. He loaded me up even in my layover. What if I told you during the pandemic, for some of you, there were things you couldn't do because God wanted you to stack See, see, come on. He said, I, I loaded you up. Because when you come out of Garar, you about to come with a whole... You're going to come out like... I loaded you up in the midst of a layover because you live on... If you're in this building or you're online, the first green light that you got to come to is when you give your life to the Lord. And if you need to become a Christian for the first time or recommit yourself to the Lord, today is your day. Like, Mr. Foreman, I don't know where things stand with the Lord, but I want to be sure. I don't care where you're at in this building or online. Today's your day. Like, if you're hearing me, God's not giving up on you. Thirdly, like Bishop Foreman, I don't know where things stand with God, but I want to be sure. You need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord, or be sure. In the building, when I ask you, raise your hand. I'm going to ask you to do the hand wave emoji or just type the word me on the screen. One, two, three. If that's you, hand up in this building. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Come on, church, let's celebrate the hands that are lifted. Come on, let's celebrate the hands online that are saying me and that are doing that hand wavy emoji. God came to get you today. Say this to me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place because of this belief and because of this confession. If this is my first time praying this, 
I am a Christian. If I was far from you, I'm reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. I live on green. I live on green. I live on green. That's where I'm living for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer for the first time, recommitted yourself to the Lord, or you're sure, take out your phone, scan that QR code, or text the word decision. If you scan the code, it'll open a text for you. Or um, you can text the word decision to 877-552-4746. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time? Or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to the number 877-552-4746. And we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you. In the app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you struggling to lose weight and keep it off? Tired of wasting time and money on starvation diets that lead to more frustration and stress? If there was a weight loss solution that could actually work for you, would you try it? Then head to golo.com. I'm Steve. I lost 138 pounds in nine months on Golo. I'm Amber. I've lost 128 pounds with Golo taking release. If you're ready to take back control of your life, head to golo.com now and see how Golo can work for you. That's G-O-L-O.com. My sleep is way better. My inflammation has gone way down. Golo saved my life. I was way overweight. That's what sent me down the path. I wanted to make sure and live for my kid. I have literally tried everything. I was on the verge of getting gastric bypass surgery, and I saw the Golo commercial, and it was the last thing I tried because it worked. Join over 2 million people who have found a better way to lose weight with Golo. Your healthier and happier life begins at golo.com. That's G-O-L-O dot com. Again, G-O-L-O dot com.